Snap. We have a sponsor. I want to be clear. This is a cool sponsor, and you should you really should just go check them out. Like, legit. BustedTees.com. They have a huge selection of geeky hats, t-shirts, stickers, and socks. Themes from Star Wars and Star Trek to Harry Potter, Pac-Man, Back to the Future, other video game references, just all kinds of geeky, cool culture. You're definitely going to find something there that speaks to your inner geek. Here's the deal. At checkout, you're going to see a spot to enter a code. Type in my name, that's Jason, followed by the number 25945. That's Jason25945. Get a pretty sweet discount. There's a link over on the website or head over to bustedtees.com and enter Jason25945 at checkout. Bustedtees.com. Designs that pop culture. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Who has a mixtape? We Who needs a mixtape? Who makes a mixtape? We Who needs a mixtape? What's up, everybody? It is myself, Jason Emmett, and with me is some other guys. Hey, 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 it's Casey Masterpiece. <laughs> well, hey, 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 as well, this is Twisted Kid Matt. You are listening to the mixtape. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Sometimes it's just fun to change up the intro because I know it really throws you off, man. Yes, it does. Yeah. I was like, um, it's like, what show yeah. are we on? Well, we're on the mixtape, and it is wonderful yeah. to have all of you here with us again tonight. I'm very excited because we're coming to the end of the season. Um, we actually pretty much have the rest of the season planned out, and uh, we got really cool episodes like coming yeah, up. Yeah, we do. Starting with this one, it's like a couple of interviews, and then the guys from Behind the Funny, and we're going to just close out with some really fun stuff. Tonight's was exciting for me, and Matt and I got the chance to sit down with Glenn Phillips from Toad the Wet Sprocket, and uh, like everybody we talked to, he was great. He was yeah. a lot of fun. We got to hear about his love of disco. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He told us which Muppet he would be. It was great. It was yeah. We have we have a new question to ask. Yeah, you know, what Muppet? Uh, would it be great if that was our whole interview? It's like <laughs> yeah. So, what's your favorite music? I like disco. Cool. Which Muppet are you? I'm not going to tell you which one he picked. Like, cool. What? Goodbye. <laughs> but that's not the case. We yeah. got to talk to him for quite a while. Uh, Glenn is great. Um, you'll hear me kind of nerd out in this. Yeah, I was a really big fan of them in high school. And uh, so it was really cool for me to have the opportunity to get to speak to them. We, It's really cool to have the opportunity to speak to all the people we talk to on this show, to be completely honest. But Glenn was great. And we had a good time. Um before we get started, I want to tell you a little bit about the band in case you don't know who Toad the Wet Sprocket is. You really should, and you probably do. I'm sure we have a lot of people out there that were fans, and some are going, I know I recognize the name. Yeah, you know who they are. 
Uh, the band formed in Santa Barbara, California in 1986. They consisted of vocalist, guitarist Glenn Phillips, guitarist Todd Nichols, bassist Dean Denning, and drummer Randy Gus. Now, Gus stopped touring in 2017 and left the band altogether in 2020, and he was replaced by drummer Josh Dubin. You know these guys because they had a couple of uh, pretty big chart toppers in the 90s. Uh, Walk on the Ocean is probably one of their most famous. All I Want, Something's Always Wrong, Fall Down, Good Intentions. These are all pretty big hits for them. Uh, if you're around in the 90s or like 90s music, go have a listen to any of those songs and you'll know who they are. Crazy Life is another one. That one really take you back. We just talked about that recently because... Crazy Life is on the Empire Records soundtrack. Another thing we get into with him here on the show. Yeah, directors, hit them up. <laughs> hit them up. <laughs> it was their third album, 1991's Fear, that really set them off. Uh, that's the one that had the singles All I Want and Walk on the Ocean. It reached the top 20 of the Billboard Hot 100. The album became the band's first RIAA certified platinum album. Like I said, you're going to hear us talk uh, with Glenn about the numerous soundtracks they were on. Matt brings that up. To, uh, like I said, Empire Records. They were on So I Married an Axe Murder <laughs> and Friends. They were actually in an episode of Friends. So they've been around. They've gotten around. You're going to hear my story about finding these guys and learning who they were. And we discuss uh, how they came about their name, Toad the Wet Sprocket. There are some of us nerds out there that just already knew where it came from, but it was still fun to talk to them about where it came from. Uh, this band's extremely talented. Uh, Glenn has gone on to produce some really cool solo folk-inspired music. Really recommend you check some of that out as well. And he was just a really great guy. Uh, Matt, I think you would agree. We had what, do we do we ever yeah. not have a good time talking to these people? Um, none that I can think of yet. No, and I really <laughs> hope it doesn't that was happen. A big pause. Like you were like, well, I had to think. I was like, was anybody an asshole? No, no. no. We not yet. Well, I mean, I us, hope to keep it that way. But never any of the people we've. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's That's what pretty much us. One of the things I think is kind of cool about it is what we do here is we will talk to people. For example, this was somebody I really wanted to talk to. It was um, a pretty important band, and it, for me growing up. And what I think is kind of fun is when we do that, we talk to different people from different genres, different bands, different movies. We reach out to uh, people we all find interesting, and so I think we all get to kind of become fans of people. Like, I was a huge fan, but Matt got to learn a lot about him as well. So, Matt, were you would you have considered yourself a fan before this interview? So, apparently, uh, I knew a few more of their songs than I realized, and just kind of like, I do a little bit of like brushing up, you know, pre-interview sure. research, and... uh just kind of like, you know, pull them up on Spotify, hit shuffle and just listen like while I'm at work. And, uh, I kind of, I kind of went into it a little bit in the interview, but I, I was coming across songs. I'm like, Oh, I know this song. I didn't realize, you know, that was them. And, and then, uh, at one point I hit the jackpot with, uh, one of their songs and the name of the song is escaping me right now, but, uh, you guys can look it up. The best of me featuring oh, Michael, Sprocket featuring Michael, Michael McDonald. McDonald. Yeah. And I, when that came on, just on on shuffle, I immediately went, "Holy shit, this is amazing!" <laughs> and and I kind of, like I said, I mentioned in the interview, I became an unintentional Michael McDonald fan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you do talk about that. Like, with the Glenn. dude has like, 
Yeah, you know, it's like he's got the greatest. What a Everybody sing a different <laughs> So, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Can we tangent for just a second? Okay, yeah. Because <laughs> you know that you Shaggy Shaggy comes up on this show all the time. Yeah, and <laughs> we we I would Shaggy, you need to come be on this this show for us. We would love to talk Please to you. Please do. Fantastic. Oh my god, I would love but that. But I get a text from Matt today. Matt, would you like to? <laughs> tell the listeners about yeah. the text I get from you today. So, okay. So I, I'm sitting there at work and I get a text from my wife that I had to screenshot and send to Jay. And it says 99.7. That's all it says. So I was like, what? All right. And then I was like, oh, she might be wanting me to turn the radio on and listen to 99.7 right now. So I did that. And mm. sure enough, it was on me. My shaggy is playing <laughs> And I just send her back a text. God damn it. <laughs> like, I love you, you butt. She starts laughing. Sends me a little laugh emo- emoji. I screenshot it and send it to Jay. And I just said, and I quote, I turned my desk radio on after getting this text from Connie. It wasn't me by Shaggy was playing. I got Shaggy rolled by my wife. <laughs> <laughs> It's like just out of nowhere, just get this text ninety nine point seven. Like, I think it's great. Okay, <laughs> I think it's wonderful. Yeah. So yeah, and I had to go on this little like mystery hunt of like, what am I doing? I'm like, oh, should I turn on the radio? Like, here, while I'm me. God damn it! <laughs> she probably dedicated it to you at the beginning. You just didn't know. <laughs> oh, that would have been hilarious. So, oh yeah, God. she she tickled herself pink, if you will. But with, uh, with with doing that. But this wasn't Shaggy. This was another amazing no. voice, Michael McDonald. So yeah. Matt kind of listened. I think like, uh, and you kind of discovered you knew probably quite a bit by them. I oh was. yeah, there, yeah. There's the same, a few songs that it's so I, funny. I recognized my sister. I told her, you know, we're going to be talking to Glenn Phillips on the show, and she, I said, "Toad the Wet Sprocket." And she's like, "Oh yeah, I, I liked them." And she's like, "Then about an hour later, she's like, oh my god, I just <laughs> went and, like put them up on Spotify.'" She's like, "I didn't realize." how many songs from them that I knew yeah. and loved. I'm like, yeah, there's a mm-hmm. ton, man. These guys were really fairly yeah. prolific in the nineties. Like they were, yeah. they were kind of all over I, the place. I actually rediscovered walk on the ocean. Yeah, just such a, such a good by song. Going through the shuffle. Good song. Like, I know all I want more than I know walk on the ocean. Yeah. I think and I tell Glenn, I bought like like a single. Like, oh man, this song is so good. Of all I want. <laughs> That's kind of how I discovered that was like a single of all I want. But, <laughs> Walk on the Ocean is great, man. Oh, yeah. He t- he talks a little bit about the uh, that song, like breaking that song down, and and just how you know yeah. how amazing it was for him. He didn't, I don't believe he wrote that song. Um, it was one of the other members of the band, and he's just like it was just like yeah, any, I think when he, he said it was um, the guitar player or Dean, I think. So he said, uh, I don't know. It'll be in the interview, interview. <laughs> but yeah. but uh. I think lyrically, they just their lyrics are really uh, just thought provoking, and and so is his solo stuff. And we get into that too. Just the fact that yeah. it really made me, you know, remember and feel some things from my childhood, which is odd because it was newer stuff. But just because I could see where his influences came from, and it reminded me of the stuff I listened to growing up. So uh, Toad is still yeah. around. There's, they got back together and started uh, making new music and touring, and um, they are working on some stuff right now. 
which he will tell you. And uh, Glenn is still around. Glenn has been releasing solo stuff since around 2001, so you can go check some of that out as well. Really, the smartest thing for us to do, though, would be to kick off the interview and let you hear all this stuff come from Glenn directly, because he's cooler than we are, and then we'll come back and we'll close out this episode. So let's go ahead and kick it over to our interview with Glenn Phillips. Drop us a line. Our awesome email is your mixtape podcast at gmail.com. You can always leave us a voicemail too. 513 He Rad 77. That's 513-437-2377. Hey, you should be checking out the website because it's awesome. www.themixtapepod.com bios, upcoming interviews, links to shows and past guests, recipes. No, no, seriously. There's there's like a recipe for pastry crack, which is just awesome stuff. You, you need to go check it out. Plus, you'll find ways to follow us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and our fan page on Facebook. Tapeworms, fans of the Mixtape Podcast. Seriously, the website is awesome. And if you go there, you'll be awesome too. www.themixtapepod.com Hello? Hey. Hello. Can you hear us? <laughs> yes, I can. How you doing? All right, cool. <laughs> Glenn, it's nice to meet you. I'm Jason, and that's Matt, the other the other voice you hear, so you know who you're uh, who you're hearing here tonight, so you don't get too confused. Hello, hello. And it is pretty awesome to have a chance to talk to you. But we'll go ahead and we'll kind of start with you. Uh, honestly, one of the things we like to do when we when we talk to different people is uh, we like to hear about your early days when you kind of discovered you, you you had a love for music and who some of your early inspirations were. I don't know. I mean, early on, uh, my family, my parents were mostly about like show tunes we grew up with a lot of um <laughs> a lot of musical theater records uh simon and garfunkel um my dad was really into big band stuff benny goodman i mean it started with that probably when i started falling in love with music was with with disco really and yeah i loved disco That's i awesome. loved like the the dance shows on tv because everybody just looked like they could be anything they could be totally free and totally wild and i thought that looked like heaven like nobody being ashamed (laughs) of anything so i i was a a big disco fanatic until uh, like so many you know i turned 10 or 12 or whatever the age was and uh, there was the whole disco sucks backlash so i being being swayable by public opinion started listening to metal and ditched all my disco records and <laughs> pretended that had never happened for a few years. I was weak of character. So, <laughs> um, but I was always more of a disco kid than a, than a metal head. Then um, we, then we learned although, we're allowed to like both metal and disco. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then exactly. Kiss came along and blended the two. <laughs> Good point. Did they? <laughs> I mean, they tried. So. I, I guess there's I was made for loving you. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, if you want like the real, well, it's not so much disc. I mean, listen to Maggot Brain. Maggot like, Brain. 
maggot brain uh funkadelic oh okay like okay. oh okay if you want like you know the stuff that became um i'd never heard it before and actually doug from king's x was the guy who turned me on to nice um to george clinton he's like this the heaviest like if you want to understand King's X and that combination of like awesome funk and deep, like insanely heavy riffage, like you can actually go there with parliament pretty easily. Yeah. Um, but in any event, it's, uh, yeah. I, so kind of all over the place. I know the first two albums that I ever bought were, uh, the, and both on vinyl were um because that's all you had back then <laughs> muppet movie soundtrack and the uh saturday night fever soundtrack. that's fair i have i own both you, of those on vinyl today uh, so. a great record. do you know how often the muppets get brought up <laughs> they get on brought up show. a lot i think they were it's a weird inspiration, inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean i've been playing you remember uh, uh i'm gonna go back there someday the the gonzo yes, song yes oh yeah i mean it's fucking perfect it's a really right? good it, song I, possibly better than than the Rainbow Connection, but it, it's like the the songs on that Paul Williams they're just amazingly well written. Yeah, amazingly well written. That's I I think that's probably like the second or third time we've somebody has told us that the Muppets were an, to some degree an early influence, which I think is yeah. really cool. They were for me growing up as a kid. Um, growing up in my house, though, what some of the things you just talked about, like. We also had the Muppets on vinyl. We also had Bee Gees and Andy Gibb. Like, like we had. Uh, I can't. What was the? I can't even remember the name of the album now. But one of the like Andy Gibb album, and I think there were like lightning bolts going across mm. it. But I mean, we grew up with that, and I, I I appreciate when I reached the age where I was allowed to admit that I did like some disco again, because you know, there's those teen years where you're not allowed to admit that stuff. But uh, that yeah, would be well, After Dark by Andy Gibb. That's it. Thank you. Mm. you're welcome it's like i, I have the, the internet on my you know, the weird thing with disco and i forget where i read this and i felt like oh my god because i remembered the disco sucks movement yeah. and this whole you know kind of you know you look at it now and you're like oh it's toxic masculinity and it's uh homophobia and racism yeah i, I, I mean and the things i didn't know as a kid and, and about a lot of that movement against disco was that disco was this wildly open, multiracial, yes. gay-friendly place of openness and acceptance, which is, I think, why I loved it so much. Once again, you could be whatever kind of freak you were <laughs> and dance down the aisle. And like I, like I said, I just there, whatever part of me is like, I just want to be okay. And I saw these people who were insane but they were happy yes and and it made total sense to me and i mean years later when i got more of a historical view of it uh it, it really kind of blew my mind like where that disco sucks uh mentality came from and, and kind of what it contained like that idea that you know, black and white people were at the same clubs dancing, making the same music yeah. that gay people like that. It's like, oh, I mean, and some of it's tacky and terrible. I mean, clams on the half cell and roller skates <laughs> is possibly the worst lyric ever. But God damn it, if that song is not one of the best sounding and funkiest tracks ever recorded. I mean, you know, Good Times Chic was, you know, early um, 
was it George Masson? Oh, no, no, no. It was uh, Clear Mountain mixed that. Good times, you know. <laughs> it's so good. Um, but yeah, it was it was a really cool time in so many ways. And yeah, look, it really was. I, I mean, God, cool in the gang, and like there was so much good stuff. And probably a little ahead of their time, like you said. I think you. It's kind of funny when you think back on it. I think it started bumping up against that like 80s machismo thing that was kind of coming in. Mm-hmm. But you had bands like the Village People who were kind of picking fun at that. And we didn't – I think it's funny that at a young age we didn't really know that's what they were doing. And then it was much later I like, just, oh, I get it. And the RNC <laughs> – like they, they played at the RNC convention. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> you know? It's uh, – yeah, I, I mean – Irony has no limit. Uh, yeah, it's but great. <laughs> it, it also, the other thing I will say about disco was, I mean, some of the best last wave of truly, and I could be totally schooled on this. I have a friend who's the MD for Josh Groban and he'll okay. call me and say like, there are still great arrangers. But I, I also feel like those records were just exquisitely arranged. I mean, everything fit together so well. Mm. Like it's these massive productions. And at the same time, you can hear every detail of every, you know, like every bit of percussion. There's a whole string section. There's a horn section. There's keys. Everything is in its right place. Nobody's stepping on anybody. And I feel like 90s rock, we just like, compressed the shit out of everything and played everything in the mid range and just went, (laughs) and you know, there's no subsidy to those arrangements and disco arrangements were just so damn good. They were pretty cool. Uh, I heard you say something now. I was going to wait for this, but you, I heard you mention uh, that some of your early influences and you mentioned Simon and Garfunkel. And I was, I was in my car the other day and I was listening to uh, brand new blue and, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm listening to this song and it's kind of, you know, it's got kind of a, a, a folky thing kind of going and it kind of hit me in there. I'm like, there's kind of a Simon and Garfunkel thing going on. Like, was that intentional? Do you think, or was it just influenced? I mean, the, the way you grew up and the stuff you listened to? Uh, no, but I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> there was like this little edge of like almost Beatles, but then there's some Simon and Garfunkel and I'm like, it's, it's, it's keep going. I, yeah. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> I was really, we, we like a good no every once in a while. And also Jay, I'm going to rub it in your face a little bit that, uh, I was able to detect a specific guitar tone oh, here we go. <laughs> in a previous interview and you just, just dropped the ball on an I, influence, but go for it. Yeah. And I warned Michael <laughs> that it would give you a big head. And <laughs> yes. It, yes. And it you did. are correct. You um, are correct. So. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, I, th- I thought the more yeah. I listened to the the song, I'm like, it, it, I like, I really dig that song, and I was like, I'm just sitting there listening to it, like, man, it's probably because I also grew up with bands, like, uh, my my musical upbringing was, you know, my mom was all Beatles and my and Simon and Garfunkel, and my stepdad was, you know, Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin, and my dad was Three Dog Night, and so it's, and I grew up in the '80s and the '90s, so uh, I think it just kind of took me back to a few things that like. I felt that kind of emotional connection, which mm-hmm. kind of happens a lot with your music. I won't lie to you. Um, we <laughs> we talk to a lot of people on the show. And one of the things we do is we reach out to people that we don't. We reach out to people that we actually want to talk to um, for one reason or another. And honestly, um, Toad the Wet Sprocket was a band that I remember finding in high school 
and just like devouring it. Like, I don't know what it was. I was right at that age where I felt deep and it was speaking to me. So it, it was just one mm. of those things. So big impact on me in high school. Um, uh, Fear was one of those albums I could I like couldn't get enough of, and and it was I I was hooked like right from the beginning. So it's uh, you kind of have a tendency to do that. So I appreciate that, sir. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I so, mean I feel really lucky that we were. I've been thinking a lot about it because I had I had periods of time. And I talked about it in an interview earlier today where I kind of there was the period where I resented the hits from the past. Cause I'm like, I'm still a good writer. Nobody cares. <laughs> and, and at some point I realized like my own relationship with, you know, music I heard at that time. And, and that music is this way of fighting. My current theory is that, you know, since people are kind of negatively inclined, meaning it's like, it's easier to remember difficult things than it is to remember great things. True. Our, our minds are, are by nature negatively inclined. So we actually have to tilt ourselves consciously towards gratitude or positive thinking, or at least on average, more people do than don't. Music has this ability to kind of tap into a positive aspect of memory. Like even if it's the song where you broke up with that girl and it broke your heart and that was the song you, you know, it's like hard habit to break, you know, I, I go back to hard habit to break and my like, you know, eighth grade heartbreak. And I go like, God, God, I love, oh, just like you somehow feel like that was a hard time, but man, man, that song was really there. Like it takes you back in a positive way in a way that I don't know what else does. Maybe food will do the same thing. And it's just like, you can't compete with that as an artist no matter what song I write <laughs> at this point, um, you know, it, it, it's just to have had broad exposure to people at that time in yeah. their life and be the backdrop of that. Like those songs are just a form of like happy time travel. Yes. And yeah. there it's a very different than any other song you hear. And so if, you know, if 1% of the people who liked Toad hear a new song of mine and go like, I love that. That broke my heart in a good way. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I've won. You know, I'm more oriented towards it's kind of a dual service, right? Sure. I have I can I can hit the nostalgia button, but I I'm I'm still a songwriter, so it's more where my head's at. Yeah, I mean, not a great entertainer, still hopefully a decent songwriter. <laughs> well, I mean, you've been pretty consistent. It's not like, uh, I mean, even with the solo stuff, you've been extremely consistent with, with your release of new music. So, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully the reception has been well. Uh, I, I've been listening to a lot of it. And like I said, I grew up listening to all the Toad stuff and just loving it. So, you know, for me... I try to be one of those people that when I hear something I like, I think Matt, you're you're very very similar to me. We don't just want to stop there. It's not like oh, I heard a radio hit and that's that's it. Yeah, we we are yeah. very I much was doing like a little deep dive myself yeah. the other day. We like to devour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I will, and I mean with Toad, it, it one of the things I actually really love about our audience, and maybe every every band thinks that this is their audience, but I feel like our audience really knows the deep cuts. Yeah. 
and yeah. loves the deep cuts. And when we play stuff from the new albums, people, it's mostly the front row singing along, but still like, I feel <laughs> like people keep up with it. We're not, we weren't the cool kids back in the day and the people that have stuck with us are the people who really got affected by it. And so makes us feel really good to put out a new record and have those and, you know, play the new songs and it's not a bathroom break, you know, for the audience. Right. It's like everybody's still in there. Yeah. We're, we're, we're really proud of having the deep cut audience. So yeah, we're happy. <laughs> That's good. So earlier you, you kind of mentioned being like the backdrop of different things and uh, kind of along those lines, you guys started popping up in soundtracks uh, like Empire Records, So I Married an Axe Murderer. Uh, you guys were even on Friends. Friends, yeah. So yeah, that just kind of shows that your sound was just kind of really unique at the time. It could be applied to a different variety of uh, you know different projects like that. Was that yeah. like an intentional type of thing? It was like you know trying to get on soundtracks at all, or like, I mean, how did that, that come about. I mean, totally. But that was more uh, Sony Records at that time. Uh, just being able to force, you know, probably yeah. force our music into all the soundtracks of the, you know, Sony, Sony film productions or television shows. And it, we were of the time too. So, yeah. uh, I, we have tried since and man, have man, have not actually had a single placement. Uh, I haven't had a sing. I don't think I've had a placement since episode two of breaking bad on solo stuff. And still pretty cool. Uh, and not, not <laughs> a single go back new and rewatch t- that. Thanks yeah. for giving me an excuse to watch Breaking Bad again. The bathtub scene, but yeah. uh, oh. not a single uh, toad new toad song has been placed, which is basically me just kind of throwing down a gauntlet just in case there's like a music <laughs> editor or a supervisor listening. Uh, you can be the first, and you should honestly be the first to place toad. And play something off my new record too, because it's great. Well, I think yeah. I think you're coming from a like <laughs> there was an era. So we actually recently did an episode of this show where we talked about like some of the greatest soundtracks from the '90s, and Empire oh, Records yeah. made it on that list. I think there was this era where it was like movies. I don't. I, I hate saying this because I just sound like an old man, but where movies like had something to say. And that, and I love movies, all movies, but I feel like right now where a lot of the movies are just, you know, for a good action or whatever. And so maybe it's a little harder when you have bands who like, let's just face it, your lyrics are great. Like they, you get fun bands who say goofy stuff and then you get bands who are, you know, very political or whatever. And then there's just good lyricists. And I feel like that's always been, yeah. you know, one of your, your strengths. So a lot of your songs, like I said, even as a youth, felt like they had something to say. So I don't know. Maybe that's thank you. Maybe that's uh, fit with a lot of those soundtracks, and maybe movies just aren't saying anything right now. Uh, <laughs> so. No, I think movies still say something. I mean, it's just you know, there's so much good music out right now, <laughs> and there's people who are very savvy in that world, and we're kind of old, and you know, I, I get it. Part of the difficulty with being a musician right now, once again, there is so much good new stuff. Yeah, there's a glut. <laughs> it's it's a great problem to have, but yeah. it makes it harder when you're a musician. Yeah. I'm just hoping some director someday pulls like a goodwill hunting and is like, you know what? I'm going to bring back Toad. Uh, <laughs> so 
uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. So, so yeah, Gauntlet, writer, director. <laughs> I, I'm sure you've been asked a hundred times, but are you the Monty Python fan or? Uh, the the name was actually uh, yes and uh, Dean was the guy who uh, suggested the name okay. bass player, but I we both owned the uh, the contractual obligation album. We were both nerds of that level, <laughs> uh, so we can uh, respect that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was I was his backup. I I knew what he was talking about, and I I was I was a supporter of the idea i mean the other thing was the original idea was simply because we had a gig in town and we didn't have a name (laughs) and we were going to come up with a really cool name and then about a year passed and so it wasn't even like you know yeah this is a it was just gonna be funny for a week it was a joke (laughs) and then we just didn't ever think of the cool name so it just stuck (laughs) well it worked yeah. Um, yeah. I, well, it's, it's a good object lesson in like, you know, uh, you know, for most things, don't, don't do the one you want the first time, take a little <laughs> longer <laughs> and, and really consider because your first impression, you can't, you can't take it back. It's <laughs> true. Know? Yeah. Looking at you, butthole surfers. <laughs> I yeah. love that name. Yeah. <laughs> just it's just one of those bands like you know they're 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 fun but it just i i kind of want to talk to them and just go what like where it is self-limiting yeah uh, the <laughs> the other the other really uh self-limiting one which which is a bummer because it's a completely innocent name do you remember the poo sticks vaguely, vaguely See, i bring up the poo sticks because <laughs> You know, even just saying the poo sticks makes you feel vaguely <laughs> icky, but it's yeah. it's from Winnie the Pooh. It's the game that Pooh and Piglet play where uh, they dr- they're standing oh, okay. on a bridge over uh, a creek and they drop sticks down one side of the creek uh, on one side of the bridge. They run to the other side to see whose stick comes out first <laughs> and they call it poo sticks. <laughs> and so it's like the most innocent possible right. name for yeah. a band Except that it doesn't sound like it. And no. <laughs> it, it just sounds like the worst ever name for a band. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, was... their their first album in 1988, I, I had to look it up just because you mentioned it. Uh, <laughs> the first album was called Orgasm. So, I mean, it, they just immediately write. There oh, you go. Oh, and then they put out an album in 1991, live compilation, reissue of Orgasm called Multiple Orgasms. There you go. So, yeah. Classy. Ran, ran yeah, Keeping yeah, yeah. it Classy. Uh, I mean, the you're talking to that era. I mean, you mentioned butthole servers, but yeah, there were. I think me and my kids one night. I, I we were in the car and I started playing bands and songs just to tell them the names. And I played butthole surfers, and then I was like, "And this next one is the ass ponies." And like I would yeah. just like play. And my kids are like, "What?" I'm like, "Listen, guys, don't don't count them out." Just because the they have a weird a wild name, time. they were a wild time. Yeah. So, it's funny. I remember, and I'm gonna date the crap out of myself with this. Oh, I remember do. buying the single of "All I Want," and because uh, <laughs> I didn't, you know, I didn't have enough money to buy the the full cassette at the time, and I went and I bought the single, and I remember showing up at home and telling my stepdad about it, and like 
showing him the band and he's the one who looked at me and said that's a monty python skit that is an awesome name and he's your dad's he, cool yeah he's the one who uh introduced me i've met him he is pretty to cool, monty actually. python so it was one of those things where i was like oh i i introduced you to a band and you introduced me to a monty python skit so it's all good so it's yeah, good it was uh one of those simpatico kind of things i guess it, it sort of worked out but yeah um like I said, it's not like you. I mean, the when you were with the band, you guys had what, like six albums? I think six albums total. Is that correct? Five uh, albums. I mean, five. It depends on like how a, you count. Yeah. So we had uh, the first two indies, three full lengths uh, for the uh, for the label, and then we had what was it? Three full lengths, and then we had sorry. Uh, brains, uh, <laughs> the, the, the kind of compilation, yeah, like a compilation uh, the, kind of thing. So, yeah, well, there's the B sides one that had good intentions and everything on it, and then there was uh, the uh, in light syrup. That's what it was called. And so, then I don't but, know. I mean, like you solo story. have done. God, how many albums have you really solo? Like you've been, like I said, really consistent over the years. It's like, yeah, I mean, I've done depending on how you count seven. I mean, a couple of EPs and probably six or seven records, and then uh, there's the WPA record, and uh, there's really obscure stuff like Plover and uh, Remote Tree Children. <laughs> well, let's so see. was uh. Abalum like around 2001 2000 somewhere in yep. there and like yeah. you've released like almost an album a year somewhere in that range so i think okay. somewhere in that like if i'm if i'm not mistaken i was going down and reading i've i like trying to make sure i had like some of my facts in check but sometimes i get these things wrong but i mean you you <laughs> you're consistently putting stuff out there is i know it's a it's a little different than the stuff you were doing with toad is there like, did you do you feel like there were different influences, like when you were with Toad the Wet Sprocket versus your solo stuff, or is it just maybe you're getting older, you're trying to say something different? Like, you know, what, what do you I feel? Some of the reasons. Some are? of it's that there's there's like a combination of there's the songs that I always wrote that you know I knew the guys wouldn't like as much. I could get like one weird soft, <laughs> you know, I could get in a song like Reincarnation Song or um you know little buddha or you know those things would i could cram those in around the edges <laughs> and in the band i feel like todd like he's so tone oriented and he has like a really distinctive um melodic sense like his music in some ways is more like and this is in no way to say his songs sound alike but there's He's got some like, I think the core of the band in a certain way is like his melodic signature and his harmonic signature. He does these really creative, like Walk on the Ocean, which I still don't totally understand. Walk on the Ocean has this like, somebody tried to take it apart for me once. Uh, it, it essentially like switches keys in the chorus mm -hmm. but in this really odd seamless way it's like this modal shift he does these things that are like really simple but really sophisticated at the same time that are like 
in the same way you listen to a Randy Newman song and you're like, oh, that's just, he's just going blah, 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 blah. But then you listen to the chords, you try to learn it and you're like, Jesus Christ, this thing is like so sophisticated. And Todd's like that. His melodies, they have this really beautiful, simple sound to them and they're really like evocative melodies. But underneath it, like the way he hears harmony and chordal movement is is really sophisticated, just intuitively. And he, like, since his stuff is kind of coming so much out of his guitar tone as well, I write all over the map. So I'm kind of coming in with, like, you know, reincarnation song, and then it's, you know, we'll do, uh, you know, Nancy or, like... I, I feel like there are certain times where I get in, I'll, I'll like write in a modality for a while, but with Toad, I feel like Todd's sensibilities were the anchor that enabled me to kind of be all over the map. And sometimes I'd write a song that would be more in the, more in the middle. Like, you know, Todd was the music for, you know, fall down. Something's always wrong. Uh, walk on the ocean, but, you know, and all I want was one of mine or good intentions. It's, you know, they, they all kind of fit together. Yeah. But I would write the weird, the, the kind of outlier songs I, f- I feel like more often. And so I could put more outliers on a solo record. <laughs> That's uh, fair. And I also feel like my solo records, I, I, I never really found my sound, uh, meaning like, I would get together a band or something for that record. And I I was, I think at one point running away from pop, I wanted to show that I was a good songwriter on Abulum by just making an incredibly plain record. Like I wanted the songs to just speak for themselves, uh, which was a bad idea. And in later years, there was this economic thing of like, well, I'm not going to be able to tour with anybody. So I can't take a band out, so I'll make a small record that'll kind of fold down into an... I, I had fun on this record just doing whatever the hell I wanted and not worrying about whether or not I would be able to ever have a band to play it live or flesh it out. Um, I just amused myself, and that, I think, is a much better policy. Yeah. Again, I, I was... you know talk, We were talking about how I did a little bit of a deep dive, and... I I'm typically, you know, the kind of person who I'll, I'll put, you know, a band on Spotify, I put it on shuffle, lock my screen and just, you know, go about my day at work, listening to whatever comes up. And the other day I was listening and I was just sitting there and out loud at my desk, which, you know, workplace environment probably shouldn't have done this, but whatever. Uh, I went, Holy fuck. Is that Michael McDonald? (laughs) And I was just like, wait, hang on. And I unlocked my screen and was like, with Michael McDonald. I'm like, Oh, Oh, this is awesome. And immediately <laughs> favorited it. And I was like, I, I, I'm one of those people who like kind of ironically liked Michael McDonald at first. And then I started like really listening to him. I'm like, this guy's and the irony goddamn kind of good. You know? away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Most definitely. Um, yeah. So, you know, along those same lines, you've, you've worked with a lot of really great artists along, you know, over the years, you know, like Ben Montek from the heartbreakers, Ben Farragon from cracker, you know, Nielsen Hubbard, Garrison Starr. Uh, can you tell us anything, you know, Michael McDonald, um, 
I'd love to hear that I story. Work with but, somebody you know. from, from Cracker? I don't remember that. Davey Ferrier? Yeah, Dave, not Ben. Oh, Matt, yeah. Dave, Dave Ferrier. Yeah. Um, I'm bad awesome. with names. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, how can I say this? I, like, I, Yeah, I've been very lucky. I've got to... <laughs> I have uh, been able to play with a lot of amazing musicians. Uh, and... Yeah, sometimes just kind of passing by quickly and sometimes, you know, uh, longer associations met a lot of amazing people playing at Largo over the years. Yeah, I mean, people are really um, generally if they last in music and there's a few people who are maybe uh, exceptions to the rule, but like people who love playing music tend to survive in music (laughs) and And people are willing to throw down and jump in and uh, and and be a part of things. So it's it's been I don't know I I I love the collaborations I've been able to do. I'm really proud of them and happy about them. I got you know just yesterday uh, you know got to sit in with uh, Sean and Sarah Watkins for a Watkins Family Hour show and. That's pretty um, cool. <laughs> it just, it's so wonderful to be, I don't know, surprised, I guess is the best way to say it. Yeah. Because uh, I've, you know, I love the way Toad plays. Um, and I love the way Todd and Dean, you know, react. I love, you know, it's like we do something really great, but we're also, you know, Dean is is more comfortable as a session musician, but we're not like a like let's get together, learn a bunch of like. It, it's just fun to play with people where I have no idea what's going to happen, except I know I'm going to be surprised, <laughs> and it's going to happen in real time. And uh, you know, just sitting down with a guy like Greg Lees, who you know, on pedal steel, where I, I remember we were rehearsing we did like one day of rehearsal for the wpa record and we were going do you want to go through this song again and and craig's like no let's not do it i'll just start playing parts and then i'll stop listening it's like oh (laughs) you know twice is good enough he's got the form he knows the changes and he just wants to move in real time because he's that damn good that's cool and I love that. I, I mean, I love having like the intricate worked out parts of Toad. And it's part of the reason I like going back between Toad and other things. Like, you know, Toad's arrangements, the way Todd arranges his parts, you know, it's like really precise and really beautiful. And, but there's not a lot of danger in our shows. And I mean, I think probably my favorite guitarist in the world in a certain way <laughs> every there's different i i mean i have a lot of favorite guitarists that's fair one of the things <laughs> that i love about dave rawlings is that it just sounds like he's gonna lose it <laughs> at any second like he's he goes into these places i've described it before as like it's it's driving a car with like worn down tread a little too fast on an icy mountain road <laughs> and it. taking a turn and like the it's just ready to go off the edge at any second and it's riveting because of that and i love that danger i also really love you know albums that are 
beautifully pristinely mm. arranged right so uh yeah I, I like to get a bit of both and step back and forth and get hungry for one and and get filled up with the other and trying to figure out how to do that and still uh have enough time to be at home <laughs> <laughs> there's the problem right <laughs> it's like there's so much you're out there doing so much it's you know not i we probably name drop and we don't mean to name drop. It's just, we get so excited talking to people, but the last few people we've talked to have been very similar in that. It's like, yeah, we had our career. Um, and now we're just like, we want to collaborate. We want to make, we want to make that music, but we want to try new things too. I think it's just, I think it's just the, mm -hmm. the, the sign of a, a musician. I mean, I think if you're a true, you got people who play music, right. But then you have musicians and this is what, it's like they they want to try new things, they want to learn new things, they want to collaborate with people, and like it's just a sign of you know somebody who really loves music. So, what are you gonna do? Yeah, <laughs> I love music, and I like being pushed, you know, to an edge. And there's a, a you know, especially when you're playing in in places that are where you're not sure what's gonna happen. Yeah. it's also a thing in my solo shows. Like I don't know what's gonna happen night tonight, which either means I'm not very pro or means that I'm trying to make myself be spontaneous. Yeah. And so, <laughs> we, uh, we'll go with trying to be spontaneous. Yeah. It's yeah. a bit of both. Spontaneity. <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's a little <laughs> bit of both, but that's okay. Yeah. But it, you know, once again, the danger, even in a solo show to just write down like 40 songs and I don't know how it's, I, I usually know my first couple songs and then it's a question mark. And I love being surprised and seeing what happens and yeah. um, kind of just playing whatever song feels right to play next, like along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let the mood take it where it wants to go. And, yeah, cool. um, I mean, so for me, there's, there's, you know, and there's also, you know, a truth and part of what this record is about is that, you know, if you stay aware, there's a lot to notice sitting in the same place, too. There's a lot to notice at home. Uh, and I've been conditioned to expect, like, wildly variant peak experiences. Yeah. On the one hand, that can get in the way of home. On the other hand, I just feel really lucky and I, I, I wouldn't give it up for the world. But I also need to get better at slowing down at home <laughs> and <laughs> just being present, you know? It's weird. Um, it's it's kind of how we do this show. We come kinda. prepared with questions, but we really don't – our questions are guidelines. We really want to hear what – like what you have to say. We want to – okay, here's the door. Now open and go for it because we don't – we we're kind of the same way. We just want to sort of experience it for us. Yeah. It's, it's cool to be able to talk to people that, you know, mm -hmm. that we love, but it's also kind of like, yeah, I, I want to hear what they have to say. I don't want to just, you know, I, of course we want to ask things like, you know, more, any more plans on, you know, music with, with toad, things like that. We always have those questions. Oh, yeah. One of the big things we always start with is what are your influences? I want to hear about what you love musically, yeah. like why you became what you became, who were you listening to? And it helps people relate. I feel like. Yeah. Which Muppet influenced you the most? <laughs> Which Muppet did yes. influence you the most? Not even a joke. I mean, that's like, a, a like when I said it's been, you know, the Muppets have been brought up on the show before it, 
like it kind of just you know which one did you relate to the most because we've actually done Snuffle that up, between all of us it counts man we'll, we'll take it so yeah. we've, we've all decided who each member of this show is if they were a muppet. <laughs> if we were a muppet so, yeah you yeah, know we have <laughs> jay's kermit and i was what rizzo the rat you were rizzo the rat man totally yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I mean, I'm probably more a little gonzo and a little uh, a little snuffle up, I guess. That's I mean, fair. And honestly, that's that's kind of what we found out, too, is like nobody is 100 percent one Muppet. Yeah. It's there's there's a little bit of a mix. I think there was a geez, I know Kevin was Skeeter. Yeah, or Skeeter. Oh, Skeeter. Skeeter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was Skeeter. But a little Fozzie. But Fozzie <laughs> as well. Mm-hmm. Matt's that so, dude like, that yeah. throws the fish. Waka <laughs> waka. Yeah. <laughs> Matt was also that dude. I don't know his name, but he chucked fish at everyone yeah, the, all the, the time. Fish Crazy throwing, guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> we'll take it. Yeah. I mean, so it's uh, yeah, uh, yeah. There's, it sounds like a strange question, but I mean, it's genuinely like kind of it's oh, a no, fun no. little icebreaker. To, no, no, Matt. You can't get away from the Muppets. I will say, yeah. though, uh, future Toad Records. Yes, we're talking. Great. Okay. Awesome. There's a couple of projects we kind of have in the kitty. I, I mean, I'm working on my working on my thing right now, but we are definitely gonna. I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, we got more. It's interesting thinking about what an album is for now. I, I think we all want to work, you know, more collaboratively on the next one. The last one was just because of the nature of um, of lockdown. Yeah, it was this very kind of, you know, uh, it was a lot of Dropbox. You know, yeah, we yeah. had like three days of tracking right before lockdown, and then then we just sent each other files for like seven months. Which, and so, you know, it's cool that we can do that kind of stuff, but I yeah. get what you're saying. It's, it, it still worked out great, but like, I want to work stuff out on the next one. Yeah. And I kind of, I, my favorite Toad record, I mean, my favorite two are probably New Constellation and mm. uh, Dulcinea. But Love Dulcinea. I, I think with Dulcinea, we'd just gotten off all this touring. We were sounding so good live. We just wanted to capture that energy and we wanted to have it arranged in a way where we could pull it off. You know, it's two guitars, bass, drums. There's almost nothing on that record, you know, that we couldn't do. We have a side man out with us. You know, my friend Jonathan Kingham is playing keyboards and stuff. And just that idea of let's let's we made it so that we could play it live and nothing would be missing. I tend when I talk about disco arrangement and why it's so great, part of it is that I am jealous of it because I'm not like the best. How can I say I, I just arrange by adding and adding and adding and adding and then sorting it out, which I think as it's been, it's one of the problems with, you know, digital audio workstations is you go on pro tools or logic and you can just add, as much as you want. Sure. And you, rather than sitting there and going, okay, let's, let's arrange this like a, <laughs> like a yeah. trained musician would. Yeah. Uh, we only have so much tape to use. <laughs> so many tracks. Versus, oh, it's a digital file. We can just keep adding and adding and adding. 
Well, like and I think in the you know. in the old days, it's you would also have you know like that idea of arrangement. I mean, obviously, we have rule of thumb. It's like, oh, you're you know, we're we're total capo whores. It's like you got a capo on the second <laughs> fret. I'll put a capo on the sixth. We're good. We're yeah. you know, it's like how do, you want to stay in a different. You know, we know these basics, but I don't know. It, it, it's there's something about having to get it down two guitars, bass, drums, keyboards, like let's make that happen. Yeah. Uh, that kind of excites me. And so I'd like to do a sparse record again, a big sparse record. And I mean, that's the trick to good arrangement and openness. If you listen to like, you know, Oh my lover by, by PJ Harvey. Oh yeah. It's just mm-hmm. so big and there's nothing in it. There's just nothing there and it's, it's colossal and it's empty. Uh, and, uh, I, I always want to make a record like that. And then I always end up making a record that's <laughs> super layered and, and dense. Well, we'll be looking forward to your next album and the yes. soundtrack album, whatever it may be. Yes. Cause it's going to happen now. Yeah. It's, on the, it's on the vision board. Directors. There you go. <laughs> come on, man. Yeah. Come on. We only know one director um, uh, on a somewhat personal level, and I don't know if you want to be in a Lloyd Kaufman movie, but we could probably make that happen. <laughs> Are you a fan I, of trauma movies at all? Of what movies? Trauma, trauma movies like uh, Toxic, Toxic Avenger, Avenger. Sergeant oh. Kabuki Man in YPD. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's not my wheelhouse, but if it'll get me a retirement account. And, uh, I don't uh, know like, about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah Lloyd, I, Lloyd's a great guy, but uh, it's a uh, big yeah. budget is not his not thing. Not his thing, no. no. Yep. Yeah. No, I totally get he's, it. He's he made a career out of it. careers, though. Yeah, he's, he's launched, launched some pretty a big lot, careers. Yeah, including James I Gunn. I believe it. James Gunn. And hey, I'm not looking for the single. The single big payoff is, is not. I'm just looking for the possibility of not having to tour at some point in my life. Um, <laughs> so we were talking about weird questions, and Matt has yeah. he has he has two that he. I got two. <laughs> no, only. Well, these these two are very specific. Very for specific. Okay. we we over time have noticed that there's like a, a select group of people who keep coming up. So like they, you know, other people keep bringing them up. So we decided to just start making that part of our interview process is just okay. ask them if they have had any experience with experiences with these people. Uh, okay. The first one. And, and for the record, the answer can be no, it has totally been. fine. Yeah. It has uh, been no, we really hope it's not, but <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, okay. So the question, first question do you have any experience with Weird Al Yankovic? Uh, I have one terribly uh, embarrassing experience with <laughs> oh, Weird Al Yankovic. Please tell us. It, we if, didn't if really you're comfortable talk. with it. If not, yeah, that's yeah. Totally fine. No, no, no. Yeah. I, it was, it was uh, one of my most humiliating moments ever on stage. Uh, I had played, uh, so it's it'll get name droppy. I had played guitar for Ben Folds. Nice. On, oh, I think it was totally not name dropping. That's awesome. That Tonight awesome. Show or Leno. I remember we're, we're still fighting it. We're still fighting it. We're still fighting it. And you're so I, great song. But first it, time it anybody's was, ever sung on this show for the record. I think that it is. Uh-huh. Right yeah, that was awesome. It it was like a rare uh, a rare song where he had an acoustic guitar and 
they were playing it on TV and he called me up and said like, will you come down and play this? And so I played it on the show and then he said, you know, we're doing the concert tonight. You want to do it? Well, it's the single. So we'll do it for the um, encore. It's like, come up and play it. It's cool. And so watch the show. Amazing show. And he finishes, gets a, you know, huge ovation, gets back on stage and says, I just want to bring out like one of my favorite musicians in the world. I, these songs have been so influential to me and important to me over the years. And I'm so happy to call him a friend. And I'm thinking like, holy fuck, like <laughs> I, I didn't know, like Ben, like man, you're the, thanks. thank you, man. I, and, <laughs> and so he goes, and so now please welcome to the stage. And I start walking out on stage with the guitar to play the, the encore song that he'd said we'd be been playing. And Weird Al Yankovic runs past me on the stage <laughs> I'm like midway, uh, midway, almost up to the drums. And he, uh, and, and Weird Al runs past me and jumps on top of the piano and splays out and takes a huge bow. And I slink off stage in shame and, and they play a couple of songs. I can't even remember what they played. I was like, just so humiliated. And, and Ben gets off the stage and looks at me and goes, Oh God, I'm so sorry. I totally forgot. <laughs> like, <laughs> it just, I don't think he even knew that I'd been on the stage though. He just suddenly realized, Oh yeah, we didn't play the single, but nobody told me in like, any event. So that, that's my weird out. That's oh, my weird out story. Well, I love that. Just for, that is, that is really fun. That's a fantastic yeah. story. You should have, you should have just walked on out and played with him. He'd have, no, now you would yeah. probably like, okay, whatever. Oh, okay. <laughs> we were like, Hey, I just, this it was cool. so, yeah. Just roll with it. Okay, what's your next question? All right. So this, this one's one, a little less common. So a little less common, but it was brought up by Stephen Tobolowski. Have you ever met and had any experience with David Byrne from the Talking Heads? Uh, no, none <laughs> okay. whatsoever. Okay. Well, we, it's again, a, yeah, he now will show up. He'll just appear. Apparently, I, I welcome. I welcome the the time. Yeah. I mean, the only connection with him is that we had uh you know uh, susan rogers in common uh as a as a friend and an engineer okay um, you know susan worked a lot with him and uh yeah but apart from that i i don't know squat yeah i'll just leave it there <laughs> well, well before we before we let you go uh, we obviously if you if you would mind taking a few minutes kind of sharing with the people at home where they can follow you where they can uh, obviously, um, I would just tell everybody all, all of Toad's stuff and all of your stuff for the most part is on Spotify, and I highly recommend everybody going in and you know go listen to Toad the Wet Sprocket because it's wonderful, and then and then go listen to some of Glenn's stuff because it's wonderful, and see if you can catch the references that I was referring to in some of these songs. It's I I just hear like I said it it took me back listening to your new stuff going. This makes me, like you said, music has a way of taking you back to things. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, this just makes me remember like sitting there listening to Simon and Garfunkel with my mom. So I appreciate it. Mm. So, uh, but Sweet. where, where can people follow you online? Where can they find out more about you? Oh, these days, I mean, I rarely post to social media. I'm at glennphillips.com, glennphillips at Facebook, uh, glennphillips music on Instagram. 
yeah, I, I, I'm, I keep promising myself I'll get better at social media, <laughs> but really I think it's devolved society in a way that, you know, I'll, I'll do, I need to post a bunch of songs. I loved doing the live casts, but, uh, like during lockdown. Um, but I also just, it makes me sad. So I'm, I'm currently not on Twitter. Yeah. Well, sir, uh, we really appreciate your time. Um, thanks for coming on. It's been great talking to you, you. sharing some, uh, love for music with you. Hopefully, uh, maybe we can speak to you again sometime in the future and, uh, definitely let us know when, when some new albums are dropping, we'll put it up on that social media. We all love so much. All right. Yeah. I'd be happy to. Thanks a lot. Oh my God. You're listening to the mixtape. And now, back to the show. So there you go. Our interview with Glenn Phillips from Toad the Wet Sprocket. Again, we really appreciate having Glenn on and uh, we thank him for sitting in with us. Please go over and check him out online and buy some stuff. And if you uh, make movies, give him a call. Absolutely. Uh, We talked to him on that interview about his, um, you know, we always ask the question, um, and we're going to ask it of our next guest, too. I promise. (laughs) We're going to ask our next guest if they had any affiliation or any experiences with Weird Al. And I promise you their answer will be yes. I promise it will be. (laughs) Anyway, we ask him that question. 100%. He tells a great Weird Al story. And uh, you guys got to hear it there. And Matt has a little update for you on that. Yeah. So the uh, video, or the performance rather, um, that Glenn Phillips mentions with Ben Folds and his Weird Al story uh, was actually in 2001 on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Uh, ben Folds on there performing Still Fighting It from his album Rockin' the Suburb Suburbs. Let's go Guitar. check it out, you. Yeah. You won't see you won't you won't get to see Glenn because <laughs> he's there. He's just but when you don't get to see him come out and do the uh, encore performance. That was apparently uh, another night. So but uh, yeah, or later the, that night rather. But, yeah, he was supposed to come out yeah, and do an encore. The, yeah, and, you uh, see the setup video. You can find that on YouTube. But, <laughs> uh, but the, so the follow-up with Weird Al, not so much. What a great not story, that I, Not that I've found yet. Another fantastic Al story. So, Oh, yeah. It was it was yeah. great. We loved it. Which, by the way, uh, Glenn, uh, can I call you Glenn? Um, <laughs> me or, or Mr. Phillips? Because uh, it'd Mr. be weird Mr. if you want to start calling me Glenn. Uh, Mr. The Wet Sprocket. Um, thank you for sharing that story with us even though you said that it was one of your most embarrassing moments yeah Uh, i still i think he owns it it, now it made for a great story mr poo stick (laughs) (laughs) the poo sticks yeah it's all i was i was doing a lot of googling during that interview (laughs) yeah i'm like the poo sticks what That's yeah, why I think it. Kevin, Kevin, you'll just have to listen. You have yeah, to listen. I think I will. <laughs> That's always a plus, man. It's always yeah, a plus. Thank you for Kevin. Episodes, at least three of our, our downloads are from us. Kevin, we thank you for the numbers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you had to get that joke in somehow. <laughs> we, uh, Every bit count. Speaking yeah. of numbers, before we before we hop off here, uh, thank you to everybody who has gone over and watched us on YouTube. You can do yeah. that now. I have a couple of videos up and uh, another one about to launch. We did our Killer Clowns from Outer Space episode. It is 
They're in up, and it, and, and we're they're gonna get a little more tight and cleaned up as we move. But we kind of decided like we had to launch. I mean, that's just the way it was mm-hmm. gonna go. In order to yeah. get things where we needed them, yeah. we had to release it and see what we needed to fix. And we've already yeah. begun the process of fixing some of those things. So <laughs> you know, yeah, we're um, gonna we're gonna go with the. Uh, the warts and all approach yeah. for a little bit. Well, you know, it's what we had to do on the show and you just kind of hear the things you need to improve or work on. And then you learn from that's just the best yeah. way to do it. Uh, the episode's up and we've had some views and we thank everybody and please uh, go over and check it out. There will be audio of it here. So I guess you could just listen to our killer clowns yeah. episode and not have to look at our faces. But um, also I, I'll just say this. If you're coming to the podcast from the YouTube channel, let us know. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, that would be really cool. And you know there's um, a bazillion ways to let us know, but the easiest is just to drop us an email at yourmixtapepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, or you can call us, uh, 513-437-2377, I think. Yep. Nailed 513-HERAD77 is the easiest way to go about that. Yeah. Um, and we've, we've actually had one or two calls. Um I know we've played, I think, two here Mostly on the show. Mostly breathing, but... Yeah. yeah, those ones are weird. I wish Kevin would stop doing that. <laughs> it's a little creepy, Kevin. Are you sleep apnea? What is that? Um, yeah, be glad for that thing. Or else it'll be just snoring. <laughs> yeah, we've heard it, man. We've been to Horror Hound yeah. with you. Uh, so we uh, we got the YouTube is up and running. We've also, you know, obviously all our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Mastodon. God, we're everywhere. Uh, so yeah. go over and check us out. Easiest way, of course, is always just to go to the website, which is themixtapepod.com. And uh, not only can you go there and find all these things, uh, our link tree and everything to get you to the, all those things, uh, we let you know upcoming guests on the show, which is kind of a cool thing if you're ever curious. So yeah. go over there, check that out. Um I don't really have anything else. Again, we really appreciate everybody watching us on YouTube, everybody listening. Please subscribe to the show here, and please subscribe on YouTube. It helps out a ton. Please, as always, go check out all the artists that we feature here on the show and all the people we interview here on the show. Love and support for them uh, is much appreciated. Guys, anything? I mean, I know the uh, answer, but check out know. the uh, Power Rangers slide whistle video that we posted up on YouTube. <laughs> it's on as our well. antic talk, uh, featuring <laughs> Kevin KC Masterpiece <laughs> on Dragon Zord flute solo. <laughs> it's amazing what my brain comes up with at eleven o'clock at night. By I don't the way. know what that was. Are you still? Tr- is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Did he say edit that out? Is that what he said? (laughs) I don't know what he said. All right. With that, guys, I think we're going to go ahead and close this episode. Again, thanks, Glenn, for coming on. Guys, stick around. We've got a couple more episodes before the season is out. Then we're going to take a couple of weeks off and come back with a brand new and improved season four. Hey, uh, YouTube, we did mention it. Killer Clowns is up. I think the mini episode uh, will be up soon, which is... (laughs) <laughs> I like the little giggle. <laughs> hey guys, you too can be so excited, <laughs> so, so excited, so scared, and so scared. <laughs> so go over and be watching we for that. About Saved by the Bell, we do Jesse song. song. Uh, basically, one of the things we're going to do there is do the very special episode of shows. Like, so we're yeah. going to go to all these different TV shows and watch the, on a very special episode where, and then we're going to yeah. talk about them and God, that one's horrible. Yeah. 
<laughs> and uh, so those so episodes bad. are going to be called a very twisted special episode. Yeah, I believe is what it, what we determined. I don't. We've changed yeah. the name fifteen times. It's let me good. let me go back and check. A very twisted episode. It's That's all what good. we're going to call them. Yeah. Uh, so go, go again, YouTube. Go check it out. Um, we yeah. appreciate all that. Uh, that's it. Until next, we speak. Everybody out there in podcast land, please uh, remember what we require of you is to always stay stay awesome. 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 Damn it. <laughs>
was gross. <laughs> but how did it taste? Gross. <laughs> really gross. I shit earlier. It tastes kind of like that. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, I hate you guys. 